finding balance to live a fulfilling and abundant life. Hmm. Well, let's take a journey together to be empowered for greatness. You ready? Let's talk about it. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be able to be in this place with you because you have so much to say and I think everyone needs to hear your story. So welcome, Maria. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from. Well, thank you, Natasha. It's so great to be here and to chat with you today. Um, I live in D.C. now. I've been here since 2018, but I'm originally from Miami. Yes. I'm a Cuban-American. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and I'm a writer, uh, among other things. Okay. Thanks. I've worked as a journalist, but I've also published poetry, and I also publish a newsletter um, yes. out of D.C. I love the creative space. I love the creative space. So welcome to Empower You 2 podcast. And here at this podcast, we are all about empowering people to become the best version of themselves. And this is our first episode live, at, or I should say face-to-face, because many of my followers are listening to it audio, but we get a chance to actually begin this interviewing, counseling, format, which I'm excited about. So thank you for being my first guest. Yes, we're, we're breaking the ice. Yes, yes, absolutely. But more than anything else, more than anything else, I have this amazing question and I want you to really talk to that. And that question is, what is or what has been the most challenging experience that you had to face up until now in your lifetime? Well, that hands down was my experience as a caregiver to my parents, okay. both of whom were diagnosed with dementia and Alzheimer's. At the same time, Maria? More or less. And that went on for several years. It started out gradually, like take them to a doctor's appointment now and then. Okay. Until they died and they were bedbound. And At the same time? Yes, and miraculously, somehow, my father survived my mother by two and a half years, though he really wanted to follow her, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. But I am so grateful that you can share that story because there are so many individuals who are caregivers, and that is a lot, right? And then you have a caregiver to your parents, and what were some of the things that you learned from being a caregiver? And again, my condolences, like I am so sorry for your loss. So what did you learn from being a caregiver? What were some of the lessons that you would have learned or I should say you wish you would have known mm -hmm. prior to? And how did you become? I know I'm giving you these machine gun questions, mm -hmm. but how did you survive that? Because there are some caregivers that are in the trenches right now. They are dealing with it. And it's a lot. Yeah, Natasha, you know, nobody gives you the manual on this. I know a lot of people get, uh, read baby books before they have babies. Yes. Um, but when we become a parent to our parents, mm. at least I didn't have access to it or I didn't think about it. But now what I know is that the life cycle and family planning it's not just about having babies. It's about having parents. It's about having parents. Okay, what does that mean? Because they become your babies. I literally changed my parents' diapers. 
And I never actually had biological children. I didn't have right. children. Um, so the universe brought me this incredibly humbling and beautiful experience. I, I tell people, you know, it's the hardest but most beautiful thing that I'll ever do because I don't know if you can come back from that. And I have never felt a greater love. Okay. But um, I, how did I survive? I really didn't. Caregiver burnout is, is real. You so, know, so, that struggle is real. So when you say that caregiver burnout, how many years were you a caregiver for your parents? Uh, about four or five. Four or five years. Yeah. And so that meant that every day you were committed, dedicated to them. Yes, right? at, 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 towards the end, but that end was drawn out. And, you know, one thing I learned is that hospice, does not mean that the person is about to die. You can actually be in hospice-level care for a long time. Okay. okay, and so depending on, like, if you have long-term um, care insurance, for sure, example, you sure. can hire more people right. uh, to come and help you to help the caregiver. Right, 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 right. And so, um, and that's what ended up, ended up happening to my parents. So can you talk a little bit about you said that burnout. Did you feel like giving up at times? Yes. How did you and, and I, and say I that course? You. And you couldn't. Tell me a little bit about um, that. You know, we talk about stress response. And for example, like I think probably my adrenal glands were shot and my cortisone level was really high. There were many times when I had to triage uh, hospitalization that, that this is something happened to my parents we had to call 911 again I mean the people at the hospital knew me by name yes <laughs> um, and so I'm not sure how I managed uh, I, I didn't eat well for a long time I didn't sleep well for a long time because you were afraid fearful that you would get a phone call that something happened during the night is that it or you just couldn't Turn your, your brain off. I couldn't turn my brain off. Okay. I, I would think, you know, I never had a baby, but mothers talk about yes. postpartum depression and exhaustion. It was like that. And so did you feel like you were going through depression? Yes, but, you, but, you, but I couldn't stop and care for myself. Okay. And now in retrospect, I know that there are things I could have done, like actually actively. I did have help. Okay. But, you know, like sometimes friends would bring me a casserole. Okay. Or they'd go food shopping with me for me if, you know, I'd give them money and they'd go to the store. Because you didn't have time to live your life. You no. were really focused on their well-being. So what would you say, now in retrospect, what would you say to someone who is currently in that place of caregiving? What, what suggestions, three suggestions would you recommend for them? Well, if you don't already have it, set up a care plan. A care plan. A, 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 like your tribe. Who's your tribe? Okay. Who can you trust? Okay. Who can you call in the middle of the night okay. to vent? Or who can you call and just say, hey, could you just come over and spend some time with my dad? Mm. He's bed bound. He's sleeping. You don't have to do anything. Okay. So I can go to the salon. Mm. Or I can take yes. a nap. Yes. Um, so really create a tribe around you. Yes. Because you needed that space to give to you. 
Because on my podcast, I talk about self-care consistently, mm-hmm. right? Because as a licensed clinician, I believe that mental health is really intertwined in everything that we do. And if we don't care for ourselves, we're going to fall into that place where we are lacking and we can't give to someone when we're really drawn and, and the cup is completely gone, yes. right? The water in that cup is gone. So you said create that tribe. What would be the second? That's fantastic. I like that one. Um, make sure that you are resourced in terms of your nutrition and your sleeping, um, that you are doing things to soothe yourself, whatever that means. Even if you don't have a parent sitter, but you know you could take a hot bath or, or, okay. or things like that. But, okay. but really do it. It's not... You, like you're saying, you, you, if you burn out, if you burn the fuse, nothing, there's no light, you know, everything is collapses right. because you are the structure at that point. So foundation is self-care, right? Yes. And, and so it sounds like it's building on one and then two, because if you have your tribe, then you can actually have an opportunity yes. to do the self-care, yes. right? Is, yes. Isn't that what you're saying? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And the third? Um, the third is, if you're already in it, I, I mean, when I was doing this, uh, I didn't access as much information. But for example, already there's a website called caregiver.org, and that has a million resources. Did you know it existed? No, it See? was just starting. <sighs> okay. Things okay. have changed, and okay. I'm so glad, because now, like, even in Congress, there's, there's, they're trying to pass new laws. In some states, they'll actually pay a family member to care for another family member. And um, at the time when I was doing a lot of research about this, there were, uh, I think, 40-something, but don't quote me on this, million unpaid family caregivers in the U.S. Are you serious? I am. So caregivers.org. What is, what's the... The sign. I believe it was care, caregiver.org. Okay, so we'll definitely put that but in if you, the notes. But if you go to, and we can double check that later. Okay, yes. Um, but, you know, for example, Alzheimer's Association may, okay. may have done surveys or, or done research on the number of people who find themselves in this place dealing with memory disorder, which is already so very painful yes. to, um, to, lose, uh, to see a, a, a person lose their memory and, um, and waste away. And that's the thing. They're wasting. You're actually watching them waste away. Yeah. Okay. So you said that access um, resources, know that there are resources available and funding, right? Funding for those who are caring for caregivers. Yes. I mean, caring there's for a, their parents. There's a or, way some states have that set up where your okay. family can apply for aid and then they just hire you. Okay. Or whoever you want. But it can be you if you're the daughter for okay. example, the adult child taking care of the parent. Okay. Um, and if you're, a lot of people have come to me and, and asked me to well, please write a book about this because I'm scared. My parents yes. aren't there yet. Well, I am. I am. Ooh, but, yes. Um, you know, I'm not there yet, but I'm scared okay. because I would share some of this on social media. Sure. And um, and social media at the time was my lifeline. That's another thing. If I mean, don't put out all your dirty laundry. Don't of course, don't of always be. You know. But um, don't be shy about accessing uh, or uh, your resources that way if you are active on social media because people will will respond. Okay. You know, um, but if you're not there yet, 
start early. Mm. Don't wait until your parents get really sick. Okay. And, and that may be, I think, the difficult sure, conversation sure, that sure. parents have to have with their adult kids, I, which mine didn't. Well, you they know, were in denial. We'll never be sick. Of course, we'll never of course, die. right. We're, and, we're um, invincible. <laughs> we, we, we're going to live forever, absolutely. Yeah. So this is amazing. So we're saying the three points are, right, definitely create your tribe. Second, self-care, right, that is mandatory. And then third, you're saying access resources. Yes, educate yourself. Educate. The same way you would educate yourself if you're having a baby, hopefully. Absolutely. And I like how you compare having children to having an aging and taking care of an ill parent. You actually have to uh, elder-proof your house, like with kids. Remove obstacles, put up baby fence. I did that for my mom so she wouldn't fall down the stairs. Um, my mother was uh, one classic moment, which I will never forget, which is part of my book, is she put soap instead of oil into the frying pan. And that's when I knew, oh, something's off. Something's I'll never forget that. You know, how can you? Yes. So um, now not every a person who has, is elderly will have Alzheimer's. But right. in the same way that we, and you know, I, I always say that it's not them. The elderly are us later. Yeah, absolutely. So treat the elderly the way that you treat yourself exactly. now. Yes. Um, it's not an other. Right. It's, it's us. It's part of the life sure, cycle. Sure, sure. And there is also, I would add, a huge death doula movement now. I know some great people in D.C. who are doing that. Um, that's another resource. So instead of having a nurse coming to your house, you have a doula I've heard who is helping you prepare as the person passes on. Wow. So like a doula when you're about to have a baby. Oh, I see the connection. Yeah. Wow. So what would you, what would be the greatest advice, right? And in all my podcasts, I don't give advice. I give recommendations, Right. So what would you say would be something that you want to leave our listeners with as a caregiver, as a once caregiver? Um, what would you want them to know? Words of wisdom. It's going to seem impossible when you're in it, but when you come out of it, you're going to go, you're going to look back and see that it was actually the, the time of your life when you were experiencing and this service the greatest love, the greatest selflessness, um, your heart will be full. You'll grieve the loss, but your heart will be as full as ever. And that's what it was for me. Now in it, it's crazy, it's hectic, it's frantic, right. it's painful. But if you can, no matter what faith you, you have, sure. um, definitely tap into your own spirituality but even if you're an atheist, it, it doesn't matter. Try to be present, fully present with that, because in many ways it's a gift to just be fully present with life and, and set everything aside. A lot of people say, oh, you sacrificed some years of your life. Did you put your career in a hole? I'm like, no, no. This was your the career. fullest moment of my life. I didn't set anything aside. This was part of life. I didn't, it wasn't a sacrifice in that way. Wow, you know what? So prioritize the care, be in it, then, then own so it be, and, and so courageous. Be, and be present because you said, okay, you said my favorite word, courageous. 
I always say to my clients and the students, my scholars who are in my counseling program, Empower You, I say that it is so vital for you to understand the definition of courage. And that is not the absence of fear. It is having fear, but doing it anyways. Yes. Doing it anyways. And like you said, be courageous and know that there is an other side to that. The word, the root word of that is core, which is heart. Mm. Oh, yes. And, um, and I always say, and then as we don't just be courageous, be curious. It's a thing that's happening to me. Can I be curious? What am I learning? Ask yourself the questions. It is existential. It is hard. Oh my God, I'm facing right, death. Right. But don't, I mean, don't rush through it because it's one of the greatest gifts that you'll ever have, and even though it's the hardest lesson. It's humbling. And, um, and I personally am a better person for because that now. Of it. Because of well, I just want to say thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for being here and sharing your testimony, your story, and giving people understanding, right, and, and just letting them know that there's a power that lives within you that allows you to be your best self. But sometimes life, life is going to life, right? Life is going to totally. life, right? But being that example of what courage looks like. So I thank you. Thank you. Oh, yay. All right. Well, Maria, I am super excited that you joined us today, sharing your story as a caregiver, caring for not just one, but two parents at the same time. And so we are grateful for your presence. We're grateful for your story and your testimony and, of course, your courage. And so with that said, I want everyone to be empowered for greatness because without greatness, there is no you. And without you, there's no greatness. See you on the other side. Bye.